Welcome to the Marketing Spotlight, where we share the career journeys of Michigan State University marketing alumni. I'm your host, Katie Sadler, and today with us, we have Steve Ryloff. Steve graduated from MSU in 2013 with a major in marketing. He's now the Director of Product Management for Expedia Group. Steve, thank you for joining us and welcome to the Marketing Spotlight. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're really excited to talk to you today. Can you start us off just by giving us a quick overview of your career thus far? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated with a marketing degree in 2013. And prior to graduating, I had an internship with Discover Financial Services. And I was in their marketing internship program. I was doing some international business, I guess, for lack of a better term, as part of that internship, working with vendors to get them goods for their point of sale. And I was fortunate enough to get a full-time offer to return there. And I joined their marketing leadership program where I had an opportunity to do a number of different rotations in a variety of marketing fields. So I did some sales support. I did some mail marketing, some email marketing, some digital marketing, a variety of just basic marketing touch points. And then my last rotation there was on the digital user experience team. And that was kind of what springboarded me into the next couple of roles that I had. But Within that role, it was really about how do we make the, the user experience as good as it can be for Discover's customers. And so from there, I, I shifted over to Expedia, where I am currently working today. I've been with Expedia for over four years now at this point, and I've had a couple of roles there. I've been working on the packages team where you are looking to book a flight, hotel, car, or any combination of those together. I was a product manager within that capacity, and then I've shifted over to the lodging team. And that's been a really great role for me. I've learned a lot about technology. I've learned a lot about product management. I've learned a lot about user experience. And that has set me up to be in the role I'm in today as a director of product within the lodging group, where I'm spearheading our lodging mobile app experience for the brand Expedia team as well as our landing pages and SEO experience for Expedia's lodging. So lots of fun stuff and a lot of different areas that I've had the opportunity to touch. And it's been a, a great ride for me thus far. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Can you tell us a little bit about what that transition is between a financial service and then a travel company? Can you tell us like what that culture shift was or what that mentality shift required? definitely different. Financial services, there were a lot more regulations and restrictions that we had to handle as part of our marketing department. And so I think that was one of the biggest changes for me is in a non-financial, non-hyper-regulated environment, you just can do a lot quicker. Expedia is, I don't know, like 15, 20,000 employees. So there's a lot of red tape we're still able to move at good pace. That was probably the biggest change for me with respect to switching industries completely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Expedia is huge. I, I didn't realize that 20,000 employees, that's ginormous. What would you say has been one of the highlights of your career so far at Expedia? I've had a lot. I've loved my time at Expedia and I've been fortunate to have a lot of great opportunities. I think one of the highlights I've had has been taking the product management experience I have and starting to teach that to others. So I've really started to lean into that further the last couple of years and very much enjoyed doing that and helping to change the culture through teaching others. 
about product. And so one of the specific opportunities I had, I had put together a curriculum around how to use some of our analytics tools to help the product team, the engineering team, UX team dive really deep into the customer experience and was able to bring that to life. And I got the opportunity to travel to Seattle to share that with the team, to London and to India. It was really cool to one, create that training, two, share it with a lot of people and three, travel around the world in doing so. So all three of those pieces were really cool and, and very fulfilling for me. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there are any downsides to, to that no. project. And you're talking about consumer experiences, and I know that you're very passionate about consumer experiences. Can you tell us a little bit more about like, what it means to build strong consumer experiences and relevant consumer experiences and how that impacts how you lead your marketing teams? For consumer experiences, I always think about if I were the individual using this product or interfacing with this website, what would I want to do and how would I want to be treated? I think having that empathy and being able to put yourself in the shoes of that end user is really the cornerstone for my team and peers. I think if you are someone who's considering product management, especially, I'm, I'm certain that is relevant for other areas within the marketing field as well, is empathy is critical. And you have to be able to really think deeply about how others are going to perceive this, in what ways they're going to use it, what challenges they're going to face. Those are key pieces to help to build the best customer experience that you can to make sure that you know what others are thinking, how they might perceive things. Would you say that there's been a shift in what consumers expect from companies, that there's been an increased, just that expectations have increased for what consumers are looking for in 2021? I think they're expecting personalized experiences more and more and more. I mean, we, I'm sure most people listening to this are using Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. And you're getting personalized recommendations every single time you come onto that interface. And same thing with every other app that you're using is you're getting something that's tailored to you. And if you are a company that is not doing personalized experiences, you are behind as a marketer, as a product manager, um, you need to be thinking about how can I tailor this experience to that individual? That is something that customers are expecting today. And I think it's only going to increase as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. We've heard of a lot of MSU grads that we've had on the podcast having experiences in product marketing or in product development. And that seems to be becoming a more normalized stop along the marketing journey in order to better understand the products that you're selling to your end consumers. Would you say that fair? I would think so. For me, it, it just kind of happened. I didn't have any designs of becoming a product manager, but I started working in what was called marketing and what was called user experience at the time at, at Discover. And that was product management. And I know that now because I understand the discipline more and there's tons of books and websites around what product management actually is. And it's a very cool place to be. I, I really enjoy it because it blends the technology it blends analytics, it blends user experience, all of those pieces together in a really unique and, and fun way. Yeah, it seems like it connects the dots for a lot of people of kind of bringing the full business together and understanding how all these different functions are interacting to create the product that you're delivering to the consumer at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that I've heard it described many times, product manager is the CEO of their product. And so obviously if you're the CEO, you need to be thinking about what are the financial implications? What are the people implications? 
there's a number of those different types of considerations. And so as the product manager for whatever product you're representing, you need to be thinking about all these factors and be good enough at all of these different things. So you're not necessarily going deep on one thing, you're, you're casting a broad net. Yeah, that's really interesting. Apart from, apart from product marketing, were there any roles that you've had since you've graduated that you didn't expect yourself to have? The first role that I had in my marketing leadership rotation was around sales support and Discover Card. And the background I had at Michigan State, I worked at the State News selling advertisements to local businesses. And I really enjoyed that. I was good at it. And I thought that was a path that I might want to go down. And then when I was starting to do that more full-time, I realized that was not something that I wanted to do. So that was not one that necessarily surprised me, but it was one that I learned that was not a, a route that I wanted to go down. Those end up being almost as important, I think, as the roles that you find out that you really like, because it teaches you what guardrails to stay within for what you're going to be passionate about in your career. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that was a key a key turning point for me, I suppose. If I hadn't have gotten that role first, I may have gone down a completely different route and we may not be having this conversation today. Who knows? And Steve, in addition to all of the accomplishments you've had between Discover and Expedia, you're also no stranger to the side hustle. I think side hustles are becoming a little bit more commonplace and you've done a couple of them. So can you tell us about some of the passion projects you've worked on outside of your day job? It's always been something that has been of interest to me and I've kicked around a lot of these since I graduated, but I think The ones that have seen the light of day, I created a card game over the pandemic the last year. It's called That's My Sunday. And that was a really cool experience where I got to learn about how to create a physical product. That's not something I've I've had an opportunity to do. How to import goods from China, how to get design for this product, how to do legal. There are a lot of different pieces that I learned from that that hopefully will help me at some point down the road. I'm also into real estate investing. And that's one that's been really great for me from an investment standpoint, but also from a, a learning standpoint. There's been a couple of others. I had a, I had a podcast that I ran and a, a blog around career development and career education catered towards college students. And that was one that I found I really enjoyed writing. I also learned that I didn't like doing all the work to set up a podcast because it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I'd much rather be a guest on one than be the person hosting and, and setting it all up. I love the side hustle. I think one thing I learned in doing that with a full-time job is that it is okay to tell your full-time job that you have a side hustle. I think so long as it is not completely in conflict with your current job. That makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people use their side hustles as a way to stay like passionate about other creative outlets, potentially that maybe their day job isn't fulfilling. Would you say that was true for you? And like, why is it important for you to have a side hustle? I definitely think that was true for me. And it was also about just exploring different areas that I was interested in. I have no interest in becoming a card game designer full-time. I was just like, this seems like a cool thing to do. So why don't I scratch that itch? And so I think why it's important to me have the side hustle is to make sure you've got something that you're really excited about, to expand your learning, and to potentially bring something to the world that wouldn't have been brought to the world otherwise. Yeah, that's fantastic. A lot of people, as I said, are kind of experimenting the side hustle. And I think 
if anything, the last year taught us as everybody was going through COVID is that it's okay to kind of find other areas that you're passionate about and use multiple outlets to kind of fulfill what you want to do at the end of the day. Work is not the only thing in life. There's a lot of things in your life that can be happening all at the same time. And so you need to make sure you take advantage of all those different outlets and do what's of interest. I completely agree. And Steve, I do want to bring it to attention as well that you are less than 10 years out of graduating from MSU and you are a director at a fortune 500 company. You've had a very successful career. Do you have any advice for students who are looking to accelerate their career in marketing and specifically for students who are really just getting started? There's two things that come to mind for me with this. One is I certainly don't get all of the credit for getting to a director level. And I think a lot of it is, is circumstance, but some of it is what types of circumstances are you going to put yourself in? And so with that, surround yourself with really great people and people who are going to support you. So I'm very fortunate right now. My manager is one of the most supportive people in my life right now. And I very much appreciate everything that he's done to help push me and make me a better product manager, people leader, everything. All of my peers at Expedia, we have a great culture where they all care about me as an individual and care about my own development. And they're going to tell me when I'm wrong. So that way I can learn from that and get better. And they expect the same thing from me. So I think that's the first thing that has helped me out. And I'll, I'll say too, I did not necessarily have that throughout the entirety of my career. It took me a few years to find a team that was like a great team where I felt fully supported. Something you'll learn as you go. The second thing for me that's been very helpful is, I would say, ruthless self-reflection and feedback gathering. I am someone who takes time every week to just think about how I've done in all facets of my life over the past seven days in my relationship with my wife. How did I do in my relationship with friends, my parents, at work, my actual work performance? How did I do in all those areas? And I literally document and rate myself essentially. And so that helps me stay on top and push myself to be better and better. And at the same time is very actively collecting feedback. I think that is key, especially if you can find some individuals who you trust to say, hey, I need feedback in this specific area that I'm trying to improve. Can you take a look out for that and let me know when I'm doing well or when I'm doing poorly so we can help course correct. Those two pieces have been very, very important for me in, in continuing to progress throughout my career. I want to touch a little bit on that feedback perspective, because I think for a lot of students, as soon as they come out of college, feedback is very intimidating because I think a lot of people perceive feedback as I did something wrong. Can you talk a little bit about how you got out of that mentality, or maybe you never had that mentality, but how you framed it to, to be a very positive thing? Doing things wrong is a good thing. I, I've recently taken on this mindset of asking myself, what if I am wrong? If you're in a debate with someone or a discussion and, and you say something, you can ask yourself, what if I'm wrong? That helps you see the other perspective and can help you kind of course correct. If you're not getting feedback and you're not pushing yourself, then you're going to stay where you are today. If you are someone who wants to grow and grow rapidly, you need feedback. It's definitely intimidating, but people giving it to you are giving it to you to help you, not to hurt you. The phrase that I've heard a lot, I'm sure you've heard too, feedback is a gift. And so you have to take it as a gift. You don't have to do something with every piece of feedback you've been given, 
but you have to listen to it, absorb it, think about what you want to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think to your point about doing it regularly, you get more comfortable with feedback. So you're not maybe going into feedback with your defenses up, but you're really open to receiving it and in the right mentality to, to take that in. Absolutely. The other thing I'll add on feedback, I found it to be really helpful if you ask for very specific feedback, instead of just saying, what feedback do you have for me? That puts the onus on the giver of the feedback to figure out the specific areas. But if you can say, I need feedback on my presentation skills or my written arguments, whatever it may be, that helps others really narrow in and helps give them the opportunity to give you more constructive feedback. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. As you were talking about self-reflection, I think it's so easy for people to get into the, to the state of saying, I'm just too busy to take the time to do that. Can you talk us through how you carve that time out and how you make that a very purposeful part of your week? It's honestly as simple as just scheduling time with yourself. Every Friday morning from I think 9 to 9.30, I do that. That's just part of my routine on Fridays is to do that reflection. And I've been doing that probably for, I don't know, five or six years now. I think it's an easy one to say, I'll just get to it next week. But if you get into a routine and a habit of doing it weekly, you'll start to recognize some patterns in yourself and areas that you feel like you're doing well at, areas you feel like you're not doing well at. That gives you the ability to then figure out the right lane for you to run in and course correct where you need to. I like that a lot. I'm probably going to add that into my weekly calendar of events. I think that's a really good piece of advice. And Steve, maybe just to round us out, is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners? I would say enjoy your time at Michigan State, first and foremost. I have a lot of great memories there, so definitely take advantage of that time. I think the other thing that comes to mind is it is very easy, especially when you're in college, to compare yourself to other people. And so when you're a freshman, there's a lot of other freshmen that you can see and judge and they're all, you're all in the same classes. It's easy to see who's getting A's, who's not getting A's, all that stuff. It's very easy to do that when you first start your career as well. Like who's meeting with the VP, who's not meeting with the VP, who gets promoted first, who doesn't. None of that stuff matters. It's all about what's best for you. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about what you're doing. And that will make a big difference for you. That was something that I had a hard time with the first couple of years in my career. And once I realized that, I was like, who cares what these other people are doing? Let me just do my thing, figure out what's best for me. And since then, it's made a world of difference for me mentally, as well as in my career. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that a lot of students are going to listen to that and it's going to resonate with them because I do think it's very easy to compare yourself to others. Yes. And to your point, especially as you start in your career, it's really hard to kind of train yourself out of some of those habits that you've always been trained in in just a typical school system. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. And for listeners who are interested in connecting with Steve, you can find him on LinkedIn. Make sure you also check out our other episodes of the Marketing Spotlight to see where MSU marketing grads are now. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or YouTube. We'll see you next time.